Okay, kids, let's go. Thanks, C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy Rogue Squadron Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is Mopar. My, My name is also with you. We're going to be discussing Star Wars, Wars and everything else. Oh, we, we got to fucking make this quick because there's so much shit that That's came out. That's true. We are jam-packed with information tonight. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It is highly appreciated. The uh, officially ranked by Lucasfilm worst Star Wars podcast of all time, original twenty one <laughs> and up. Disney Shield drunk. We are adults. We are officially produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen so was like, everybody fucking hates us. <laughs> Kathleen was like, "Oh, this is it terrible quality? Put our name on it. I, I want yeah, it." Yeah, hire Ron Howard. He'll come in and fix everything. <laughs> double the budget. Double it. <laughs> we shall double the budget. <laughs> our budget's very Dude. small, so that wouldn't be too hard for them. We should make a meme of the solo film. We should double our our budgets. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, we should definitely do that. Um, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in, Rogue Squadron Podcast, episode 153. That is accurate. Oh my God, I can't. Uh, there's no words. There are no words for that. Um, but I will give a little teaser, and I have discussed this with the patrons. Uh, we have an announcement to make, but we're not going to make it yet. But... Uh, Decent size, uh, it's a, it's like it'll fit in like a small, medium sized box. I wonder what's gonna be. I don't know. I what, don't know. That'll and be if episode, fuck, oh, it, what like one fifty seven? Maybe uh, that I don't know. should be happening midway mid mid late August. Hmm. Um, so uh, all the patrons already know what's gonna be happening because they're uh, special. But, but stay tuned, stay tuned, uh, and we'll we'll give you the announcement uh, midway through August to let yeah. you guys know what's going on. But, yeah, you'll uh, know everything shortly. Yeah, they're just, oh, by the time you're listening to this, <laughs> hell, it might be, uh, we might be releasing the info. Depending on how slow you are. If you're current or slow, you already know. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, so oh, oh, All right, I want to, I got a gift. What was the gift? Uh, one of our buddies, Mr. Steve from the San Diego Sabres. Please don't let it be Steve Kirk. It was Steve Kirk. Should, ah. I, just, should I just burn it? And just Should I know yeah. He sent us poop again. <laughs> sent us poop in the mail. Uh, Steve went to <laughs> Comic-Con. He called the shit poop. <laughs> we were not able to go to Comic-Con this year. But I asked him to pick up this extra special glory if he could. And I appreciate the effort because from what I've heard, uh, getting shit exclusives and toys at Comic-Con is like one of the worst things of all time. But he got it. He sent it. And here it is. Shit. Two Dude, this is one of the coolest looking pops from anything that's ever come out of Star Wars. And I'm very, very happy that he found this. Yeah. Cad Bane is... I, And we just mentioned the, the Clone Wars, which we'll be getting into a little later on the show. But um, I... And I was saying how Ahsoka and possibly Dooku were like my two fight favorite characters in the Clone Wars. No. Yeah. Cad Bane is number two easily behind <laughs> Ahsoka. Cad Bane is so badass. He, we, get, we finally get a cool bounty hunter. Yeah, I said it. We finally get a cool bounty hunter. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you said it twice. No, this is a great looking pop too. The hat just uh, kills it. 
I've in a good this, way. I've said this thousands of times on the show is like, I don't collect every single thing that Star Wars makes, but I do collect the stuff that I like or like is a very good design. A lot of like the human characters and pops. What are did just you say? Like the what? Human. Oh. What do you think I said? Human? I was trying to understand you. That's all. <laughs> a lot of the human character pops are just like a dude's face with two black eyes, which is kind of boring. So yeah. most of like the different aliens or, you know, like uh, the old Luke pop has a beard and everything. I try to get the ones that are unique looking. I don't collect every single one, but this one looks fucking awesome, there's a lot man. Of, there's a lot of detail. I mean, yeah. not only the color and the eyes are on point, but the tubes, which yep. I still don't know even know what the fuck they are what they're for to pump a uh, fucking testosterone into his cheeks. Oh yeah. Cause he's Bane. He is Bane. He is Bane. Dude, the hat is fucking bigger than the entire pop figure is. That's amazing. Dude, it makes me think of the gunslinger. I wonder if they pulled, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah from, uh, Stephen King. Um, so thanks Steve. We appreciate this so much. Um, hang on. I think he sent something else too. Bubble wrap. Did he send us bubble wrap? Bubble corn, corn wrap, corn, corn packing, whatever you call it. Bubble corn. <laughs> I think he sent us some beers and some mugs and stuff. Um, the beer's warm, so I'm not going to have it on this episode because I just got this package. Sure. But thanks, man. That was that was incredible. I did not expect that because Comic-Con is a shit show. So appreciate it. I don't know how or why, but Comic-Con definitely snuck up on me this year. I didn't even know to watch for it. And I know we discussed it a little bit because of the pops and the special thing coming out. Yeah. But like, like last week's things started being released. I was like, why? Why now? And it's oh. like, oh, yeah, because the biggest Comic-Con in the fucking world's going on. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. We're going next year. There's no reason around it. We're going. What's going to happen? Matt Keegan, isn't that the Phantom Jangus over here? Phantom Finn, yeah. Yeah, he's got to he's got to step up. We uh, he patron. needs to get the link. Yeah, well, come on, Dangus. Yeah, we'll send uh we'll send Matt Keegan a link. By the way, Matt Keegan, I'm definitely ordering your new uh book, Hindsight. I'm excited for it. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I'm, I got it in my uh bin on Amazon. <laughs> I'm not fucking around. I support I, I him. I believe you. Don't don't click save for later. We got to pay for his mac and cheese. Is, is that what Australians eat? It's probably got called something fancy. Still mac and cheese, but just called something better so it doesn't sound so shitty. Mark and Steve. <laughs> I've had enough of it as but well. That ain't going to be it. <laughs> uh, so... We're not doing a beer review. Commander only has warm beer, and I have cut beer out for about a month. I was going to say, I had a sneaking suspicion that you weren't going to do beer. Uh, we have a actually, besides the announcement in August, we have another very exciting announcement that since we're not doing a beer review, I'm going to make that a surprise as well. So continue tuning in for that. Um, I assumed you weren't going to do one, so I just have the 1862 from Land Grant. It's their standard Kolsch. It's their like their flagship beer. So I'm just going to sip on that while we're while we're chatting. Flagship, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's jump into some of this stuff. Oh, so the number 327 popped up on uh, some shit today called the internet. Oh, did it? What the fuck um, is the internet? Well, let's just use that number. There's a deeper meaning to all this, but let's just use that number. You want to do uh, Guess the Scene? I want to do Guess the Scene. Let's do 327. Episode 3. We're talking 27 minutes in. And if you guys aren't familiar, this is where we just 
throw out a couple numbers and we guess the scene of what's happening in that movie. So we're talking episode three. Like I said, 27 minutes in. What is that scene? Name it. Name it. Name it. What happens? So they get back from the entire opening space battle. They meet. You don't think this is still in space? No, I'm, I'm talking myself through it so I can think, you fuck. Better they keep talking. Meet, they meet the greedy squabbling delegates on Coruscant. Anakin and Padme make out behind the pillar. And then doesn't... Don't they have a meeting with the council before Anakin gets denied and then cries about it? Like, isn't there, isn't there another meeting after they get off of that entire space battle? Because I feel like it's right after that. And I feel like that's what it is. Because, well, isn't it uh, him and Padme kind of have a discussion and then he's running and he's late and Obi-Wan fills him in on the meeting that he missed? No, he's, he's running to the opera. When he's sprinting, oh. he's running to the opera for the plague scene. No, but he misses that meeting that Obi-Wan's in, too, because he uh, he updates him. The, mm. Whatever, the battles on the Outer Rim are going very well or so something maybe, like that. Uh, so maybe it's that. No, I think it's the makeout behind the pillars. I think they, because uh, you got to think they fight Dooku. They run away. They do the little space battle. The opening scene is a long time. And the crash landing scene is probably another two, three, four minutes. Long time, long time. I'm going to guess yeah, I'm, after the makeout scene, like, I think they're talking with the council, meeting with the council. So my my rough guess is that makeout scene behind the pillars. If I had to have a specific like that instant, as soon as twenty seven minutes comes up, it's gonna be that big blue fat dude walking behind Mace Windu and the Chancellor right after they land. Or maybe it's oh my god, but maybe it's that the banter between Obi Wan and Anakin. Not if I saved your skin for the ninth time, eighth, eighth time, or whatever he says. The business on Catonimodia doesn't doesn't count. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't. <laughs> he always repeats in, re repeats in himself. Doesn't. Long time. Doesn't. Long time. Doesn't fucking count. Like he's, he's thinking about it. That that don't. No, that don't. Motherfucker, count. that it shouldn't happen. I'm going to switch. I'm going to say they're discussing it. That's going to be my official my official guess. They're discussing it. That doesn't, okay. that doesn't count. I won last episode, so let's see what happens now. What did you oh, guess? Last episode was episode eight, and I was the end of the father you chase. What did you guess for 27 right now? Oh, sorry. It's after the makeout scene when they're meeting with the council. Okay. So let's see what happens. Oh, no. It's it's nerve-wracking because I'm scrolling through and I'm seeing just how long all of these scenes last. And I think Mopar may have me on this one. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Nope, I'm passing the thing. It's when... Uh, so Grievous is... Nope, I went too far. It's the makeout scene. You're right. You win. Damn it. I was. I should have oh, stopped yeah, with you my changed mind. <laughs> but I still am closer. I was right there. It was like um, twenty-seven thirty is when he's starting to arrive on. Uh, Grievous is arriving to Utapau after he escapes that battle. Oh yeah, I definitely but at wouldn't have guessed that. Is the makeout scene nice? So, so my original guess was right. I, I was off probably about thirty of my seconds. Life. I'm the smartest podcaster alive. <laughs> You were, cool. and you decided to change your mind and be the dumbest podcaster <laughs> of all time. Well, I don't like to boast. So after, I'm actually, I want to know for my own reference of the scene, though. Oh, no. After that is the hairbrush scene that he hasn't even met with the council yet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I get I get all the scenes in Revenge of the Sith mix, uh, mixed out of order. But, oh, well. You can't win them all. Unless you're Anakin. He loses everything. <laughs> <laughs> He loses his mom. He's a slave. His wife hates him. Even the when he's Jedi a Jedi, he's him. kind of a slave. 
Anakin <sighs> is just that. He's a mess. <laughs> Human disaster. So let's bring this up because uh, we posted the question uh, to our patrons because we thought it was so interesting. So Fode and Bede from the Starbecue podcast had us on last week. Uh, so thank you guys. Um, Which you'll be hearing later on. Not right now. Not right now. Or maybe you heard it prior to. I don't know when, when, when you're listening to this shit. Do you have a fucking time machine? I don't know. <laughs> DeLorean. Uh, so we were kind of discussing the rise and fall of Anakin and why he fell. And obviously Palpatine plays a large part into it. Um, but I'll, I'll show, I'll describe both sides of the coin here. So my argument, and I think Commander's, was that he was overly into his work. He was too dedicated to his work and he was trying to be the perfect Jedi and that waned on him and hurt his relationship with Padme and things kind of just crumbled from there. Foden and Bede were like complete opposite. They said no, that he was overly in, like engaged in his relationship and that's why he started slipping on his work. And it blew my mind because I'd never even thought like that was an option. Right. Um, now, with everything said, I think it's a little bit of both. He was trying to be the perfect Jedi and the perfect husband. Yeah. Th those two structures cannot work together. You True. can't be married and you can't be the perfect Jedi. So well, you're it's not like, supposed to be married in the first place. So. Right, right. So I think we're both correct uh, on our thinking. I, but I do think it's a little bit of both. After thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, you can't. There's no such thing as a perfect Jedi, first of all. So you're True. you're, you're going to miss out on that. You also and can't then, devote 100% to two different things. See, you, you said it best. You heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here last. Hmm. Yeah, man, I think he was just overly obsessed with being as good as he possibly could as a Jedi. See, but my to argument a, is... To a downfall. Yeah. Not my my argument on him being overly into or just focused too much on work was he was too much focused on work even before Padme. That's true. All he wanted to like, do is build droids and build pod racers and help people and free the slaves and see all the stars in the galaxy. And and a lot of the patrons were, were discussing that he can't let anything go and that's his downfall. He, that, can't, yeah, he can't not be the greatest Jedi. He can't not be the best... <clears throat> husband he can't not be the savior of the universe because that's his role and by trying to do all those things he's the worst at all of them well not the worst he's just he can't be he it's kills impossible. his wife he fucking kills all the jedi i mean two out of three <laughs> <laughs> and his mom dies and he never goes back to tatooine yeah <laughs> oh the other the other discussion we were having is who was the most pivotal female in his life and the three were his mother, Padme, and Ahsoka and that was blowing my mind. That's hard to think about too, yeah. Because Ahsoka and Padme overlap so much. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't think his mom was... I like Early on, yes, but, as, but when he became a Jedi and of course after she died, well, I think he was... He had come to terms with that. So he, he like, like, stopped listening to her. Like, what? I feel like he had a lot of good foundation and stuff from his mom before he left Tatooine. But then as he got more and more into the Jedi and especially into the war, he stopped like listening to his mom's advice. That's what we all do. Yeah, that's true. You should brush your hair. Fuck you. I don't want to do mom. I'm trying to save the galaxy. I'm trying to save the galaxy, not do my hair. He does have nice hair, though. Yeah, it's very true. Two interesting questions. And that's one thing I love about 
Star Wars on the surface level, it seems simple. Like here's a story A to B. When you dive into it, he has a lot of conflict from a lot of different places. And I don't know what made the what like made the biggest impact on him. See, I Because if you watch the Clone Wars and then sit back and reflect on it, it's like obviously it's Ahsoka. But then if you watch the movies, obviously it's Padme. Yeah. Um if I had to pick one, I would argue that it's actually Ahsoka. I see Shinobi over here says uh, it's definitely Padme. I would argue it's Ahsoka because from Padawan to like, well, I don't even know what you would consider her now, a Jedi Knight that's a gray Jedi, I guess. Um, it's well, he. She is 100% his mm-hmm. and his fault and his, like that's from the basis of learning how to lift rocks to... Yeah, from Snips to Ahsoka, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's his, it's his. It, yeah, it's his job to build that relationship and train her. Like I feel like Padme has um, her own things going on. Like she's a senator, she's a queen, she's a, a you know, a Diplomat. hairstylist, you know. <laughs> um, so I think like model. outside of Anakin, she can live her own life. I think Ahsoka got to that point, but it was the most heartbreaking thing for Anakin. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like the discussion. No doubt about that, huh? No doubt about that, huh? It starts with his mom, Shmi. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. That's kind of what sets him on the path, but he just stops. He gets so consumed with... I don't know. Maybe he knows, like, deep down that he's, like, the strongest. And... Obviously, he doesn't like boast about that, but feels a responsibility to try to use that power to help the Jedi Order. And it just takes over because he, all he wants to do is the right thing to a fault. I'm not going to be the first one to see them all. Oh, my God. What the fuck is a waffle biscuit? Padilla just yeah. says she's a waffle biscuit. <laughs> I am not. That's one thing I am not Googling because that's going to be some <laughs> crazy shit. All right. All I did was type in dead or alive on the Patreon chat. And my computer fucking self-destructed. <laughs> the SWAT team came busting in. <laughs> it's crazy. I never seen anything like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's so cool to even what over a decade later, we can go back and look at the exact same movie and be like, wait, no. Yeah, it was this way. No, bro. I'll fight you. <clears throat> That's why the Star Wars discussions and like analyzations never end because from a certain point of view. Lucas yeah. basically not only like <laughs> did he explain away all of his plot holes with that line, he also just gave like set Star Wars up for an endless discussion about everything, no matter what. Because every once in a while, somebody's gonna like write an article, like, oh, I just went back and watched episode four and look what I noticed, blah, blah, blah. And then a whole new set of discussions spark off of Obi-Wan talking to uh, Luke and saying this one line and now everything's changed and there's this new point of view on everything. It's just going to keep unfolding forever. A whole new generation of, of discussions. Yeah. Please leave the work spark out of it. Um, Sorry. Did I say thank spark? You. you said it very loudly, actually. Oh, God. See what happens? Well... And on this day, Commander walked into the smoke and was <laughs> never my seen vocabulary again. <laughs> now. I blame, I blame Ryan Johnson. Sparked. Oh, from a certain point of view. Yep. All right. No, it's cool. I, I like uh, discussing that. So, number 327. Do you know the yeah, significance behind up? that? Uh, it sounds familiar, but no. 
So I didn't know this. I was just kind of searching. I started Google Star Wars. I looked at different news articles and stuff. Uh, but I, supposedly the number 327 is like an Easter egg in Star Wars. There's a lot of those. Yeah, I never heard 327 though. Yeah, so let me let me list this out. It's a good, it's a decent list, and some of these are pretty out there uh, that and that neither of us would ever know. Um, but three two seven. So the significance behind that. Uh, the first one it says three two seven is actually a fleet of imperial corvettes, and it, it's referenced a lot, like in books and uh, expanded universe stuff. So uh, three two seven was actually the name of the fleet. Huh. Uh, the second one, Boba Fett, who was called by this 327 as a clone trooper serial number when uh, using the alias Lucky. So I think that's when he was younger and he was breaking in. Yeah, when he was undercover with Aura Singh and everybody. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that's when it was used. But So his clone serial number was 327. Oh, I'm looking at this list too. Does it... The docking bay 327 on the Death Star. Do they say that out loud? Because I feel like I've heard that just like randomly in the background. And I, like it's subconsciously in my head. Like I've heard 327 somewhere in Star Wars. Maybe. It doesn't sound because they use the tractor beam. It's not like they're, they chose to land in docking bay 327. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But that's, that's, so that's another large one. Docking bay 327 is where in episode four, uh, the Millennium Falcon was pulled into. Uh, J-Type 327 Nubian. Mm. Yep, 327. That's what it is. That's what it was. Ah, Nubian 327, motherfucker. J yeah, because uh, Qui-Gon says that. J-Type 327 Nubian. Yep. Nubian. Yep. Yeah, that's what it's from. At so least the, that I remember. I guess the Vulture droids in the prequels or in the clone era are DFS-327s. Hmm. Those are the normal Vulture droids. I don't know if you're looking at the exact same list here because you, you kind of jumped out of... Wikipedia? Uh, no, I'm on fandom or something. No, I'm, I am I'm on I'm seeing Wikipedia. the same kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the other ones are smaller, but they they really do. So the Millennium Falcon landed on Cloud City's platform 327. Yep. Again, Docking Bay, whatever, all of it. Yeah. Uh, some of these other ones are really small, but they uh, there's probably another, let's just call it maybe 10 really small ones, 8 to 10. Um, I did oh, not know it says that. That's, I was where not... They, that's where they captured the shuttle Tidarium in Return of the Jedi from Outpost 327. Oh, that makes sense. Huh. Oh, and then the last one on this, uh, Hurid, H-U-R-I-D-327, is that red drunken droid walking out of uh, Maz's castle right at the beginning. Oh, that droid is so sweet. That red one that's like limping out. That's, that's so, so his name awesome. is Hurid-327. Wow. Yeah, a lot of these. I love that they do that. Like I, I, it sounds like I should know this because I hear the number three two seven all over the fucking place. But when you ask, so subtle, yeah, yeah, you don't you don't realize it. Well, no, same cool. thing with like eleven thirty eight. THX eleven thirty eight was Lucas's first little project or whatever, and then you have it's like cell block one one three eight, and then it shows up a few more times in Star Wars. Couple more, couple more times, same kind of thing. I love that they do that. Little Easter eggs, man. Make the make the difference. The amount of detail that goes in these movies, I fucking love it. And maybe that's why, that's like a small detail. It's not the main reason, but it's a small detail of why I love the MCU so much is that all those little 
Easter eggs are sprinkled throughout every single movie. And this character shows up here and he comes back over here. And then his suit is in the background of this one scene that is in a movie that doesn't contain him at all. Like little things like that. I fucking love. And that's the, the grandness of the Star Wars universe. There's so many stories and so many characters, which there should be. There should be a trillion trillion, whatever the fuck, a whole bunch <laughs> of characters. Huge. It's unlimited. You could... Even though we're mad at uh, the space worm that yells at Solo at the beginning of the movie, I'm okay with her. Yeah. I'm okay with it. It's fine. It's just a personal thing for me. No, exactly. I think they could have probably did something better personally. I must have been attacked by worms or something when I was like three. And subconsciously, I fucking hate any tentacle, slimy, wormy creature. Oh, my God. We almost stepped on a snake today. Holy shit. <laughs> We almost stepped on a snake. You would have no crushed Lady Proxima. Oh, my God. Lady Proxima's little son. Colonel nephew. Wa Colonel wants to know where our standard IPA is at. I'm just having a land grant. It's a Kolsch. Boy, it's tasty. So you can fuck right off. I'm not going to talk about it. So thank you for asking. You're welcome. Yep, I'm, I'm boycotting. <laughs> oh, and uh, with the Mr. Fucko saying the, the vulture droids are cool. I completely agree. Yeah, dude. We were looking at, uh, at during the Patreon call... Episode one, uh, no, what am I trying to say? Concept cool. art. Um, and it was spot on. The concept yeah. art for the Vulture Droid was the Vulture Droid. Yeah. Um, and it's so cool to think, yeah, of course they have their own minds or whatever you want to call it. They're, it's a single droid. Right. I love it. It's just <clears> the size of a starship and it can land and like walk around and but also fuck things up. So sweet. That was always a point of uh, annoyance for me when I was playing X-Wing. X-Wing is all original trilogy stuff. And for a while, they didn't even have any expanded universe stuff in there. And whenever I would bring up the prequels, people that play that game just like hated the prequels and would talk shit about it. But I love the ships of the prequels. To see a Naboo Starfighter or a Vulture Droid or those ARC-170s or something would be so... Well, ARC-170 made it in the game for various reasons, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. To see clones in those ships would be fucking amazing. But yeah, Vulture Droid, sweet. Uh, Matt Keegan says 327 is also a Chevy motor. That I'm not going to read the rest of that. This is Mopar.com. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, no Chevy or Ford here. Um, that was in that article too. It said that was the first time it appeared was in American Graffiti on the engine of a car. So it must have been a Chevy. Interesting. I must have ignored that. What'd you say? <laughs> <clears throat> The word Chevy or Ford or even on a page. It's just I like, just black out I'm, I'm until going to the a different conversation's website. over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, guys. So we have a lot to get to. Um, Clone Wars is an obvious one. They Ooh. are releasing another 12 episodes for the Clone Wars cartoon. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. We, we discussed this a little bit during the uh, episode. Uh... Ooh, with Foden uh, Bead. With the Foden um, Bead, yeah. Those guys are smart. I can't I can't keep up with their uh, memory. I wouldn't Jesus. say they're smart. They just watched Clone Wars like one or two more times than we did. Oh, my God. That means three times. Because uh, I've only watched it once. And I can't get back into it. I do need to watch a view or get a good viewing guide. Yeah. I, so I can skip all the WB Frog commanding <laughs> R2 and I can't fucking handle there's three four episodes of that yeah I and the Jar Jar missions yeah yeah so Weiss or anybody else that's listening if you have a I know there's a ton of uh, viewing guides out there if you have a specific one that you've used and you enjoy send it over to us so we can dive back into that because 
Whoa. Because uh, with the... <laughs> because of... Because of... Whoa. whoa. <laughs> My mic just went crazy. Because with all this prequel info that we're getting, man, I'm about to go balls deep again. Dude, and you I'm, don't realize, like, the, the two or three Clone Wars episodes that I, like, was only half paying attention, those are the ones that mean everything. Of course, yeah. Uh, there was one... Yes, I'm boss Nass thinking. Um, there was one discussing uh, Sifo Diaz. And yeah, I, I started I looking that. at the description of the episode. And I was yeah, like, I yeah, don't yeah. remember any of that. It was called The, the Lost One. Damn. was the episode, I believe. Um, I'm going to have to rewatch that one because I don't remember any of that. That must have been lost in the uh, background showage, watchage. Yeah, and I, was, I remember I was really interested in that uh, because Sifo Diaz has been obviously a random huge mystery yeah after episode two they, we we hear about him and then that was it so um i guess the lost one i don't know what season i just i i've heard people complain about like they make that as a plot hole in episode two but i kind of like it man there's one little nugget because the fact from the jedi's point of view that no one knows what's happening it's not like they're going to unleash this entire backstory of how the clones got created just to explain it to the audience. You're seeing things from the Jedi Order and Obi-Wan's point of view. And he's like, sifo that motherfucker died 10 years ago. What's happening here? Like, I right. love that they, they drop that kind of shit. And then, you know, 10 years later in a Clone Wars episode, they explain it. I think it's perfect. I love that kind of shit. Yeah, I do remember that episode now that you bring it up. It's, all, it's mainly like, like recordings of him or something. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot to cover, man. There's a lot to read, lots to watch. There's not enough hours in the day, man. There's plenty of hours in the week, though. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. What? So, what are your expectations for this new season? Um, I don't want to say that I have any. I'm just excited that we're it's back for another 12 episodes. My favorite thing so far is that looking at I've never loved. Anakin's appearance in the cartoon. I don't hate it, but I didn't love it. But it's kind of like clean. a... Tad like, clean. Tad clean. It's like a transition hairstyle or whatever from episode two to three, which I get. I'm very excited that they look just like they do in episode three. Which would this, suggest... Yes, which is going to lead up to it or overlap it a little bit. My... Like, if I had one hope and dream and like fanboy... Uh, fan, on. fan service hard on for, for this new season would be to lead right into episode three, similar to the Tartavosky thing where Grievous invades Coruscant, captures Palpatine and escapes, blah, blah, blah. That starts that entire battle that we see happening in episode three. Um, I don't expect them to necessarily copy that note for note, but something similar that like takes us, if you watch the end of it and then start episode three, just like Rogue One going into A, a New Hope, that would be fucking perfect. Agreed. Well, obviously we get to see more Ahsoka, so I'm happy. So True. it doesn't fucking matter what the yeah, hell happens. Yeah, I'm very curious about what's going to happen there. And it's interesting. So this is my thought that she might, they might be trying to recanonize how the rebellions actually started. Because before this, it was Starkiller from my, I, from my terrible memory. But uh, that book that I read or audio book that I listened to, Starkiller was the one that like sparked the rebellion and people started like teaming up and conspiring against the empire. Yeah. Now that that's non-canon, I'm hoping that she would be 
because that makes complete sense. Well, we've seen from Solo and the cartoons that it doesn't, it starts a lot later than I ever expected. Like when you see that deleted scene with Mon Mothma and Padme and Bail Organa meeting on uh, Coruscant, there's rumblings of something. Like as soon as they realize something's out of order with Palpatine, there's rumblings of the beginning of a rebellion. Out but of order. Yeah, yeah, Order 66. Not order 66. Order. order 69. Order 73. Kerner could only wish. <laughs> but it doesn't really kick in. And we've seen in Solo now, like there's little factions here and there that are teaming up for a, a greater cause. And events like what happened in Solo, it's like a jump start. Like here's limitless funding to help this thing. And then you see by the time we get to Rogue One, that's what really surprised me about Rogue One is like, they don't even want to make an attack because they're still so small and like a fledgling feet, fleet that they don't feel like they can even take on the Empire. Like that's they when things really yeah. kick off is like right before episode four. I just assumed this this war had been raging on like through the entire time period. Well, they, they, they backpedaled a lot in that because the first movie was called Star Wars. Everyone would assume that Oh, you're hearing like, like about a rebellion against the empire. Like it's <laughs> it's a it's a thing. It's obviously a known thing too. I hate that line so much. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. But you'd think it'd been going on for like twenty years. But how would he even know about it? Luke should not on a desert planet. Well, Tatooine, obviously. But I feel like in Rebels, it's starting to really, really, really gain traction. And you hear about shit like Saw Gerrera's out there fucking murdering people. Yeah. Yeah. The Empire doesn't exist out here. That's... that. I mean, just... If you want to get away from the Empire, just go to fucking Tatooine. True. And live it up. The Republic doesn't exist out here. The Empire doesn't either. True. Hmm. Hmm. Outer Rim. <laughs> <laughs> So Did, what's going on? Uh, oh, I do want to give a big shout out because we we have three new patrons that oh, yeah. I don't think we ever yelled about. Yeah, since we last um, recorded, yeah. So we've got Star Wars Loremaster who's with us live. Uh, Mr. Tommy Loremaster is what I'm going to fucking call him. Tommy Applesauce, Shinobi Master Lore. Shinobi Applesauce. I hate saying um, so I'm going to say this next guy's name. <laughs> you keep doing it anyways. <laughs> uh, Mr. Sean Richards was uh, one of that. I think we missed last episode or two episodes ago. So I want to give a shout out to Mr. Sean Richards. I think and then up our, like right after our last episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, most recently, Mr. Adam Davis, Mr. Tugboat. Mr. He's been Tugboat. with us for a while. Uh, it was like maybe episode... 90 or something. He sent us some things from Alaska, some shot glasses and a, bo a bottle opener and some stickers. Oh, so and even before that, he sent an email. He was like, also, <laughs> fuck Padme and all this shit and KOTOR is <laughs> awesome. And yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He's been we're hanging around start, for a while. Just, so we're just going to start making shirts out of the drunken emails that we get. I remember a handful of dicks or sneakers, handful of sneakers sent yeah. us the, the most drunken, raging email we gotta dig that one up <laughs> that was funny as fuck yeah i mean i did put our um our worst podcast review on a t-shirt so putting our yep. patrons drunken emails on a t-shirt would be great as well yep i remember a handful of sneakers ended he was just like well after all that i'm, I'm hammered i'm gonna go get a pizza now and that's how his email ended <laughs> that's fucking perfect it's amazing i'm gonna go get a pizza pretty hungry <laughs> this email get <laughs> Sounds like what took, I'm about to do tonight, too. Took it all out of me. Yeah. I'm, uh, 
So getting back to the Clone Wars. I, so the episode, or I'm sorry, season six ended with a lot of Yoda stuff. And him kind of confronted by like a ghost of Bane and yeah, some real, some real like large scale stuff. Yeah. Because he was like in a Sith ritual that he had to either save Anakin or defeat Sidious. It, there was a lot of like high level stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping they start this off really grounded. The, the teaser trailer that we got was clones, and that's what we know, and that's what it should be, because it's yeah. the fucking Clone Wars. Yeah. His high-level Jedi stuff, I love, but that that shouldn't be the key to it. Um, I, I hope we get to see a lot of reasoning why the clones turned on the Jedi so quickly during Order 66. I was just going to say more tension building up to Order 66 would be great. People starting to actually distrust the Jedi if for whatever reason. It doesn't even have to... Like, the seeds were planted by Sidious, but they have to be watered, for lack of better shits, uh, by, like, conspiracy theorists or or something that happens. Like, you already have... this The seeds planted, but if a Jedi does something half-questionable now, now you get called out on it, and everybody sees you getting called out. Like, it's something like that. Yeah. And in the, and in the heat of war... Propaganda. Um, oh, yeah. Propaganda, I believe, is uh, well, how no one pronounces it. <clears throat> so the... What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just left me fucking pronunciation. Sorry. Well, that ain't gonna so during, happen. So during... Oh, I think that's it for the Clone Wars. I'm super excited. The, the trailer was badass. Perfect. Obviously, the Ahsoka thing at the end was kind of like the Darth Maul thing in Solo. You're like, what? I didn't think she was going to be back. Holy yeah. shit. It had I thought me she was gone. Because I think uh, the first person that shared it in the Patreon chat didn't say what it was. They just shared a YouTube link and there was no preview. So I clicked on it and it started and then it like shot down with uh, that shot of those helmets. And I didn't know at first what was happening. And I was just fucking so geeked watching that and that slow pan backwards through all the helmets starting with the phase yeah. one and going back. Seen yep. Phase 2, seen Rex and Cody and everything, and the voiceovers of all the clones. Oh, dude. It was no, great. It was, I, it was fucking geeked. It's ridiculous. And I, I, I told you that I didn't even know the Comic-Con shit was going on when I saw that. I thought it was a fan-made like teaser thing that was just like blowing up. I was like, okay, what fan made this little trailer? It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. And then when, when Star Wars was like sharing it, I was like, oh, wait. I'm just a piece of shit and don't know anything. <laughs> it was fucking awesome, dude. It was. It, it was cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. That's all. Do we have a release date for that? Hmm. Good question. I think it's going to be all coinciding with the Disney streaming service. Oh, that sucks. No, it doesn't. I hate it. Why do you hate it? I'm just saying. I'm just talking out loud. And I have a sneaking suspicion that the Favreau TV series and maybe one of the movies is all going to be part of the Disney streaming service and not theater level stuff. Mm. Interesting. Excuse me. Let me see if I can find this uh, release date. But that's supposed to be uh, end of 2019. I'm actually particularly excited about that. I think there's a lot of stuff they want to do. Like if they're going to take this Marvel approach where they're going to have individual origin story movies or things that like tie in the gaps between the main saga films 
I think we've seen some... There's some issues with Solo like regarding release date and timing and things like that. But in general, I feel like they have the ability to make some lower budget stuff that is still high quality and can be on the streaming service as opposed to having to go to theaters and having that entire expectation of we have to make, you know, X opening weekend and we have to make, you know, X over the course of the film release in order to make our budget back and things like that. I feel like they have a really op- big opportunity with the streaming service to do some smaller scale stuff that really ties everything together. You know what would be a fucking knockout of the park? I don't think it says what the release date is here. A knockout of the park. Tell me. Easily. Is if Star Wars, like you said, did some lower budget awesomeness that was only on their streaming service. Yeah. Like the DC animated Batman stuff. Yes. Where it's just fucking perfect, but no one knows about it because it's like cartoon. It's a cartoon movie. Right. So it's not like a big budget thing and not a lot of people. But those are the best ones. Dude. If they did anything like that, yeah, do the I'm for do it, the, man. the do the um the solo or Jesus a, a Star Wars story ones, do the standalone films like the the DC. I would fucking love that. Yeah, man. Do a Cad Bane one. Fucking sign me up. Yeah. Um, Keegan says an inhibitor chip was not in the Republic Commando books. Thank you. One of my favorite things that Star Wars has ever had ever. Uh, they obeyed orders. There was 150 contingency orders they had to carry out when called upon. I mean, at the end of the day, they were... I like the... Here, I'm doing that thing where I start to sense and I cut myself off. I like the the pull from two sides because at the end of the day, they are... They have to obey orders from the Republic and from Palpatine. He's the commander-in-chief, essentially, right? But they're on the front lines fighting with the Jedi all the time. So they have this moral thing where they're the ones that are supporting the clones. Like they see the Jedi risking their lives just for fucking clones. So order 66 doesn't feel so right in, in certain clones eyes. Uh, yeah. It's tricky. I don't know if I love the, I don't know if I love the inhibitor chip idea. I don't know if it's my favorite thing. Oh yeah. I, Move along. Uh, move along. Yeah, move, move, move along. along. Move along. All right, let's move along. Other th- news that was released. We've got at least two novelizations that are going to be coming out over the next, let's just call it year. There's well, three. One, but- one, well, one already came out. Okay, the the second to the Thrawn. Yeah, tr- the second Thrawn one came out at Comic-Con. And there's two more that, dude, I hadn't heard about this. So I was gone. I was at a conference the past week. So we had your birthday shenanigans. Happy, happy Mopar's 30. Woohoo! 20, I'm 25 for the fifth time. Ooh, fifth anniversary, 25th birthday. Woohoo! So we Charles. did that, and then I went to Philly for a podcast conference. So I was out of commission all week while Comic-Con was happening, pretty much. I didn't hear any of this stuff. I knew the Thrawn one was coming out because they released a teaser and the alternate cover before Comic-Con. So I knew that one was coming out. Mm-hmm. But there's two more. And when I saw these earlier today, I was honestly blown away. Just jazzed. You were jazzed. You were overexcited. Dude, every buzzword you can possibly think of, I was that. You went straight excite bike. Dude, I (laughs) fucking loved it. Thousand percent excite bike 69. Um, They're they're just focusing so much on prequel stuff. It's making me happy. So we have. (laughs) There's three. Yeah, but the third one isn't prequels. I think it is because Anakin's in it. Oh, I like it. Anyways, there's two though. People have been waiting for this shit for a long time. So. The two, so we got Thrawn Alliances, and then we have uh, it's called the Queen's Shadow, 
by E.K. Johnson, who wrote the Ahsoka book. And it is about Padme Amidala. <laughs> I know I said it. I'm moving on. It's, it the is story about- of, it's the story of Padme changing from a queen to a senator and the person right behind her and all the other handmaidens behind Padme. And I know personally from, from seeing shit on Twitter and everything, that everybody's been waiting for a Padme novel for a very long time. So Why? Because Padme is one of the coolest characters, man. Padme's awesome. Eh. She's about as interesting as a fucking melting popsicle. You need to rethink everything. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I'm just not a big... I don't really care. What do you... What the... What? Eh. What do you want me to say? Dude, I feel Padme like someone's not, knocking on my door right now. Padme is not my favorite character. That's all I'm going to say. I think uh, there's, there's a, a ghost lot... in here. I think there's a lot of potential with this book, though. Commander seeing things. Dude, there's a, I feel like there's a ghost. Possessed. Your pictures are spinning. Uh oh. It's, it's Phasma. Phasma's. I what hear if you no, I hear, walking towards you. Dude, I would die. I hear <laughs> knocking. I hear like a, like a somewhere, and I don't know where it's coming from, and there's no one at the door. It's fucking freaking me out. Anyways, what, continue with what the fuck are you saying? You don't like Whoa. Padme? You're a savage? <laughs> the, the moral of the story is Meryl Streep, I fucking can't stand her. <laughs> Get out of here. I love no. Padme. I love her character. I'm excited for this shit. I think this uh, there's a lot of potential. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, I think there that you could really dig into her backstory and the struggles that she actually goes through. Because we see all Anakin's struggles and his bitching and moaning and his mom dying. A bunch of stupid shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you don't really see her troubles and what she has to deal with on a daily basis because... I'm sure it's fucking crazy, especially, yeah. but she was also praised a lot for going back to her, uh, I guess, uh, city. Is it just Naboo? What do you mean? Ask Senator? Yeah. She's Senator for the planet. Yeah. Yeah. This is, that's the one thing that I love that it says. It's this transition from Queen of Naboo to the Republic Senator for Naboo. Who was a Senator for Naboo? Oh, it was Palpatine. Yeah. 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 Wow, that actually kind of makes me mad. I wonder if there's anybody in the meantime. Dude, can you have more than one senator for a planet? Because I feel like you can have like 12 different types of people on one planet. Like, is there a Gungan senator? No. Uh, There might be a senator for each race on a planet. That's a good question, though. Shinobi probably knows. Loremaster, step up. Huh. But regardless, I'm, I'm excited for this. This would be great. No, I'm excited. And Queen's Shadow makes it sound like there's some shit happening in the background. So I'm excited. But the last and by far not least, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray uh, is going to be prior to episode one and Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. Tales and trials and tribulations. How many times have we said, who's your favorite Jedi? (laughs) Fucking Qui-Gon Jinn. How many times have we talked about that? How many times have we said the living force on this podcast? I am so geeked for this. I'm excited for a young Obi-Wan. Well, first of all, that's the one downfall for episode one. Young Obi-Wan is like not Obi-Wan at all. Like he finds himself in two and then finally three. Like that's fucking Obi-Wan. Right, right. But in episode one, he's just like, yeah, hyperdrive. It's broken. Should we really pick up this little peasant boy? And that's all that he really fucking says. <laughs> the Queen's wardrobe, maybe. Yeah. He doesn't really have a large uh, part in episode one, which is actually... 
I wonder if that was done on purpose. Like if Lucas knew, we'll just like slowly ease him in. We don't need the it to be about. Well, you Obi-Wan. know, if you, like the red letter media ones, for example, that's the complaint is that Qui Gon shouldn't have been there at all. It should have just been Obi Wan as the one that mentors young Anakin when he when they find him. I don't know. I like the fact that you know Ben Kenobi's one of the one of the biggest figures of Jedi in Star Wars. And I like that we see, we don't have his entire origin story, but we see a little bit of him learning from somebody and still yeah. being kind of an apprentice. And then he really comes, not even comes of age, but he like, like you just said, becomes the Obi-Wan that we, that we know and love. And by, by the time episode three rolls around. So I like it. And you know, Obi or excuse me, Qui-Gon is dropping knowledge left and right. <sighs> I think this is going to be really fucking gratifying. Yeah. And then uh, she, so it's going to be written by Claudia Gray, who also wrote Lost Stars and Bloodline and the Leia um, novelization. But uh, is Bloodline Bloodline's the Leia novelization? Uh, I think she's in it. I thought it dealt with a little bit of Kylo too. So yeah, um, I think uh, Jacob Weiss was singing the praises of Bloodline. That Hell yeah. we need, we need to read that one. So yeah, if she did well with that, fuck man, maybe let's do it. I'm excited. Those, that's uh, huge news. That's I'm, I'm so excited. It's fucking massive. We got a doo-doo film here in the... <laughs> sorry. Here in the, in the chat room right now. Thanks for joining us. Oh, appreciate it, guys. And yeah. a bunch of our regulars. You and, guys are... You guys are <laughs> we got a new person. It's awesome. And then the other <laughs> And a bunch people. of our jackasses that are here all the time. Now, we appreciate you guys tuning in. I, I love it. I love having a, a, a crew here to... Ask questions and tell us when we're fucking shit up. So I'm assuming you haven't gamed nothing since you've been out. Yeah, not since our last episode, just because I've I haven't had time to do anything. Um, I'm really excited. Oh, fucking Riley's chiming in. Man, Riley, you've been like out of commission for like a month and a half. Oh my god! Glad to see you back. No, I've I haven't been able to play or touch anything. So um, I'm excited to get back into Overwatch this week, though. Yeah, kind of uh, well, some small things, real quick. Uh, Overwatch, they released a new character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big fucking hamster. I saw about that. It's a kind. tank. I did not know that would be a tank. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, everybody's alts can be annoying, but his, he like throws, let's just call it 20 mines. Like he, he and he's really fast. So he, he like balls up and rolls around. And his alt, like I said, he just drops a, like 20 proximity mines. And obviously everyone's running around going crazy. So as soon as you do that, it like blows everybody up. It's fucking crazy. Better or worse than Divas Ultimate? Oh, it's better. It's not as bad as though. I can't fucking stand Divas. That's so annoying. Um, I don't want to get too far into it. It is that I've been getting a lot better with the game and I've been slowly getting into different characters. It's fun. Um, And it's awesome just seeing them being able to just release a new character and make the game even fucking better. So yeah. Uh, And then Titanfall 2, we spoke about a little bit on the Patreon call. Uh, with Travis Dunn. It's hey, fucking awesome. In. It's yeah. so fun. Nice. Yeah. That's good to hear. Uh, I will... I won't lie. I won't lie about it. It's fun. Good. I don't, <laughs> to, I don't want you to lie about anything. It fucking takes forever to f- install. Jesus Christ, I bought the disc. I threw it in there. Last night, uh, Deadpoolio and Jacob Weiss were trying to hook up online. I saw that, yeah. Dude, three matches straight, and I was still at 80%. I was like, God, I, I'm not going to even be able to play it tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's one annoying thing about discs nowadays is that the console is going to install the entire game anyways. 
And basically, you either verify that you own the game from the disc or verify that you own it from the Microsoft Store. So yeah. no matter what, it's going to take a year and a half unless you have amazing internet. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was jumping into as uh, Shinobi uh, talks about it, uh, Modern Warfare 3, the survival mode, I've been balls deep into that. I'm down uh, to get that. It's fucking fun. I don't, again, I don't know if it's co-op online. Like, I don't know if yeah, we can hook up online. Fuck. It's split screen the way it's it's set up. Good point. I'm but, down to play. I know Weiss and Nelson were talking about that. Now, I kept mentioning survival mode, and they just said they wanted to play normal multiplayer. And oh, I'm not no. really trying to play Call of Duty multiplayer anymore. But, I mean, I'll go balls deep in the survival mode for sure. Yeah, it's fun. And some of the ones where you really start bunkering in, you can set up turrets. I was in the corner of the map and I set up a turret each way and I fucking, oh my God, I can't even explain it. <laughs> Mike Mann, welcome everybody. We got a whole bunch of fuckeries. <laughs> Hell yeah, guys. We're, I wish you could see how excited I am. Babe, look how excited I am. I need Jesus. a second camera. I need a second camera. <laughs> Lower. Uh, yeah. There's you said, a lot, you I, said I, uh again. Well, let me talk about it then. (laughs) What else do we have? Oh, so when we were on the Patreon call, Travis Dunn was dropping some crazy knowledge about Solo. Uh, A couple things he was discussing triggered me, but at the same time, I understand. So one of the bigger ones was when Ron Howard uh, took the reins of Solo uh, the last big boss, which they filled in with, obviously, Darth Maul, wasn't decided yet. It wasn't written. It, they, no one knew who, who that character was. It was written as, like, quote, big boss. Yeah. So whoever Kira was talking to. And supposedly from his uh, speech risings earlier, that Akira, the actress, then the, the character itself, well, I guess the character itself, whatever, Kira didn't even know who it was. She was talking to just, like, a... A green screen, and they just input like when she did that scene. Yeah, Amelia yeah. Clark was just talking she, to whatever. So yeah, yeah. So, ah, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, the, you are that. Why isn't this all pre written for something as big as Star Wars? Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You got the fucking. I'm gonna tell you something, finger. <laughs> I, I'm iffy about it. I like how they have done the new canon. We've talked about, and I'm repeat myself, like we were saying 40 episodes ago. At first, when Disney buys Star Wars, they cancel things, blah, blah, blah. Uh, new canon starts. They're not referencing prequel stuff at all. Well, now we see, if you, th- if you really think back on it, Force Awakens came out three years ago, less than three years ago, two and a half years ago. It takes time for them to build up the storyline. And to know what they're going to release, when they're going to release it, how they're going to drop a hint in this comic and then bring it up in this cartoon and then that character shows up in this movie. It takes some time to kind of develop that stuff. It's only been two and a half years. It's really not that long. So I love that they can really plan some things out and then let a few other things kind of just be random or like off the cuff. That And we mentioned on the Patreon call, that kind of speaks back to how they operated back in the original trilogy. Like the fucking suit for this character broke and now it looks like shit. Now that's what the character looks like. And now that's what that race is in the Star Wars universe. Like things like that would dictate the entire universe because of what happened on set. What do you, what are you smirking about right now? 
I'm not smirking. I'm listening. <laughs> I do love how they can, majority of the time, have a have a nice overarching plan and then let how the production goes on something dictate where the canon is going to move. I like the balance of those two things. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. It's just disconcerting um, that something as big as Star Wars, they'll just what leave the a big fuck question. Are you listening right now? <laughs> I'm trying to talk and watch you. I'm not looking at the chat. I don't even like any of these people. <laughs> I don't even know who any of these people are. Um, no, I kind of, I agree that I was kind of mad when it, when he first said that, but the fact that they can leave something like that open and kind of leave, I, I don't know who made the ultimate decision. I think it was uh, the scriptwriter, uh, Jake, Sean Caston, Jake Caston. Because Weiss Caston. was mentioning that same thing too. Oh, man. I don't know. It's But for something that big, it would have... Uh, my argument was, why not put fucking Jabba in there? He's in episode one. It I makes, was worried about that. I, I was worried about him showing up as like the main bad guy in this movie. I was so excited and it would made... See, the only thing that wouldn't make sense is after they leave... Why would why would Solo uh, do a a fucking mission for Jabba after that wouldn't make really a lot of sense. Well, it's all based on this is what I love about the Solo movies that he still thinks he needs to be a scoundrel because of where he came from. Even Kira said, "You're not really a scoundrel. You're a good guy. You just don't realize it." He doesn't actually that doesn't click for him until the end of Episode Four. So, of course, once he's done with this whole shit, even though he had to kill Beckett and then Kira ran away and all he has left in the world is Chewie. Yeah. He thinks that's his next most logical step is, step is to go and fucking work for another gangster. Yeah. You, well, I kind of like that about Han because it just shows how reckless and what's another naive, I guess, about his own abilities and both. Yeah. Yeah. And what, where, what he could do and the, the difference he can make. Like he, he gets a little taste of it right at the end when he gives up that Phyraxian or whatever the the co coaxial. You just mix the Phyraxia shark and coaxium. Phyraxium. <laughs> <laughs> coaxium, yeah. Um, he gets a taste of being good and the difference he can make, but I don't think he's sold on it. Obviously, right? He wants to do his own thing for a while, and now that Kira's out of the the mix, he's got to find his own smoke show. So that there's, I mean, it, the list that goes on. Yep. So he. And whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, he does win uh, the the Falcon back right at the end. Yeah, that was a great little not not even post credit scene, just like a good end movie scene. Yeah, yeah, I was. It's cool because of, like in that first Sabat game, you think he's gonna win it for good, and he doesn't. And then you're like, well, fuck. Maybe he didn't get it by winning a game of Sabak. And then right at the end, he pops in. It was perfect. Yeah. Move, you yep. fucking cable. God damn it. Sorry. No no more ghost knocking, huh? Difficulties. No, they stopped fucking paying attention. Thank ghost you. fell asleep. Thank Took you. a nap. Thank you, guys. You can listen to the episode later. Jesus, it'll be on iTunes. Jesus, just hold your dick. Ghost tits. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get inside information. No, I thought that was interesting. Um, also, a small one was Ron Howard definitely wanted Chewie to rip the arms off of somebody. Finally. Which is, which is hilarious. Yeah. I really thought Solo gave me more information <clears throat> about Chewie and his character 
than it really did about Han. We knew, we knew where Han was going to end up, and we kind of know just logically. Well, of course, he's going to be a cocky kid. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be a little more reckless, maybe a little unsure of himself in certain aspects. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But Chewie, being almost 300 years old or whatever, 200 years old at that point, mm-hmm. like we, he could have been a fucking murderer 30 yeah. years ago. No one knows. I don't fucking know. That's one thing that I said blatantly before the movie came out was that Han Solo is a fine character, but I don't really, I'm not really obsessed with Han Solo like some Star Wars fans are. I don't really, I didn't care about him before going into Solo. So I was really excited just to get some more like lore and to learn more about Chewbacca. That was the best part of going into it. That was the best part of Solo. And then I came out loving Han like I never even thought I could possibly do. What was the four arms guy, the blue guy that dies? Maybe he wasn't even blue, the monkey guy. Oh, I don't remember. Fuck, I don't remember. Good call. There's going to be a new black series of him, I believe. Or a new... Uh, that would be sweet, dude. Yeah. That he was one awesome. of my favorite characters in that. For obvious reasons. He was like very... Sarcastic talking shit. Yeah. But he, he said like small little things. Rio. Rio. Rio Durant. And he was a... Fuck. I he was a what? Say it. Google versus Shinobi. Come on, calm down. He was an Ardenian. Ardenian. Yeah. I win. Not, ba- not Balchinian. He was an Ardenian. <laughs> uh, Men in Black is the greatest show. I love it. Well, it's not a show. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, there was a cartoon, though, actually, right? After the movie? That's a. I think there was a cartoon for a little bit. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. No, Men in Black I, is fucking awesome. I remember years ago on this podcast, it was probably, that's probably accurate, that we put uh, Men in Blacks up against the Rush Hours. That's so hard, but I would, I would definitely lean towards the Rush Hours because I think they're funnier. But that's an interesting combo too, like Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones versus Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Ooh. I like sci-fi stuff a lot. It's hard to pick. I think I got to go Rush Hour though. I just, yeah. I've, I've watched and quoted Rush Hour way more than I'll ever quote Men in Black. See, I think uh, Men in Black is obviously like a cooler idea with space people or space people, space aliens or whatever coming <laughs> space down. Space people. Space individuals. I'm not going to assume they're space people. Space citizens. Did you just assume his race? Uh, they're not having an intergalactic <laughs> kegger. In- intergalactic That's like the kegger. best line I've ever heard. I'm like, I, Jesus, man. I love it. No, I think the premise of uh, Men in Black is a lot better, but I do completely agree that I think Rush Hours are a lot funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Mushu, Yangri. Camel's hump. Camel hump. Y'all got any camel hump? Uh, small little tidbit. I was What's pissed mid-tid? and also excited. Aperion has some walkthrough stuff. Of, Ooh, uh, I saw something. The remake of... Well, I don't even know what you call it anymore. The reinstallation yeah. establishments of uh, KOTOR. But they did some... It wasn't like a character walkthrough, but it was like a first person walking through some of the uh, terrace and, and the underground. Or not the underground. <laughs> Undercity. Undercity, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was very, very cool. It's completely filled. It's so It looks so good. It looks so good. The first thing I'm seeing on their uh, Twitter feed is a reveal of T3M4. Yeah, 
Yeah, very. They just add so much detail. It's gonna be. It's a whole other level. Like Kotor yeah. is already 15 years old. It's it's way out of date. Dude. It was out of date when it came out. <laughs> in one way it was, but in Dude. so many other ways it was ahead of its time. Dude, in pretty much all graphics and gameplay, it was so far behind. I would say gameplay. I would say gameplay. Halo was already out. No, 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 Dude. no. Listen, I don't know much about the Dungeons and Dragons style. And I don't know if there was any other RPGs that were doing the same kind of thing, but the gameplay was very unique. It was very interesting. I know it wasn't like fast-paced action, but the fact that it was turn-based and dice rolling and based on chance and build your stats to hope to get this one roll or whatever, I thought that was interesting. It took us a while to get used to it, but I thought it was cool. Um, Story-wise, character building-wise, uh, dialogue and the fact that your choices make a difference and you can be dark side or light side, those were four very, very huge things for gaming back then. Yeah. But yeah, a Piron, Ape Iron, they are remaking it in a very cool way. Um, they've been on the show once. We're trying to get them on again, but they're very very busy finishing the game. Uh, they'll be on eventually to talk about it. But It's also hey. a fucking humongous game. Hey, Glass Armor. Hi. Eep, 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 eep. Glass Armor exists. You guys should know that by now. Hi. She doesn't exist. Oh, she's... <laughs> Dude, why have we both said that? That's such a niche joke. That's an Eminem's Christmas commercial from like 2000. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they do exist. Oh, Shout my out God. Shout out if you know what we're talking about. That's so... <laughs> that's the nichiest thing we've ever said. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, Jesus. Um... So one other thing that I did in the past couple of weeks. What'd you do? I, and I know we discussed it a little bit. Again, I'm, uh, I'm just going to say it. I read through a uh, Joker graphic novel. <sighs> More about the Joker. Come on. Oh my God. All fucking day. All fucking day. Let me bring this up. I, I use the comiXology. Once uh, Jacob Weiss turned me on to comiXology, I just get everything on there. And 99% of the time I fall asleep as well. But, uh. Are you really going to talk about the Joker again? Commander's listening to ghosts <laughs> over here. What the hell happened? Hey, at least they're real. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so, Comixology, I'm going to bring this up so you, you guys live can see at least. We also, just so we don't forget, we need to talk about the Episode 9 shit as well. This is the cover of the Ooh. fucking psychotic. Motherfucker so had real. some barbecue before he got on that fucking cover. Huh. The art of it is very real. Ooh, teeth. So, uh... So, uh, <laughs> Joker needs to go to the dentist. Oh, he needs a lot more than that. I was really happy with this. Uh, not only was it, it, it was almost like a behind the scenes of the villain. Cause a lot of times we see the Joker, we just see like his plans are unfoiled. Like you get to see his, his, uh, traps or booby traps, like take place uh, sprung his, his uh, let's spring the trap. Yes. This was kind of more behind the scenes of his everyday, and uh, he kind of brings a like just call him a goon, some some dude who's doing bad things, and the Joker kind of takes his goon in. I forget his name, um, but the whole storyline's from his point of view, the goon. So it's like an everyday, hey Joe, or the Joker says, hey, drive me over here, and it's like the goon's driving. And he's like, I, I I can't believe what the fuck he's doing in the back seat. And half the time, <laughs> checking off in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> half the time, uh, he's saying, "Man, I wish I was like the Joker, like just fearless. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. He talks. He he says whatever the fuck he wants. 
and 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 he owns the city. Uh, early on in the in the comic, someone well, Joker's released from Arkham for whatever reason, and they're describing the Joker as a disease with no cure. Like there's, it's impossible. You can't do anything about it. And you slowly see this goon. Right. You slowly see this goon like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. This is kind of cool. This is kind of fucking weird. What the fuck am I doing? And uh, I believe, oh my god, I'm such a jackass. I believe, he, I believe he kills him at the end, like because the Joker can't be trusted. He doesn't fucking care about you. So he actually kills the goon at the end. Um, but it's just brutal. More, some of my favorite parts is the Joker breaks into Two Face's like layer and starts talking mad shit, steals from him, and it's just like, oh my fucking god, all day. <laughs> That's something that I've really, really never seen from the movies and stuff is like two villains going against each other. No, no honor amongst thieves. It's like that. Huh. No, no honor amongst uh, villains. That'd be cool. And to see. he starts talking mad shit. Harvey Dent was just like, or Two Face was just like, Joker, you can't do this. He's like, which one of you are talking to me right now? I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> stop it, stop it right now. He talks mad shit to everybody, and it's ridiculous. And no uh, one knows how to take him. Yeah. And he starts blowing up their like homes and shit, dude. It's fucking brutal. It's fucking brutal. I love it. That's awesome. That's yeah. why I like the Joker. Joker's cool. Huh? No, he's yep. cool, man. I love it. I love him. I love Batman. I love the villains. I just, um, I don't know. I've never been huge in the comics, so I just want them to do something solid with the with the new movies. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I would three out of three. I would highly recommend this to anybody, especially if you're a Joker fan. The one big reason I fucking love this is because there's no Batman in it. Zero percent Batman. Nice. It's just the go- Joker, the goon. You see the croc, you see Two Face, and then you see this kind of penguin guy. But they had he had a normal name. It was actually kind of weird. What's his name? Arnold. Actually, I think that's accurate. I think his name was Arnold. Arnold Abernathy. <laughs> Seriously? No, Abernathy. Because <laughs> <laughs> the penguin does have a name like that. Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot. But yeah, here's uh, a little bit. I get the glare off. But here's uh, the Joker being released from Arkham and just being a fucking looks like a savage. Oh my god, the whole thing. He, he's he's crazy. That's awesome. I loved it. I loved it. Three I, out of three. I love uh, it. If you guys are just listening, let me get back to uh, the cover so I can tell you which Joker comic. Uh, Joker by Brian Azarello was the writer. Azarello. Um, highly recommend. 1,000%. 7 million percent. Savage. And like I said, my favorite part of it, no Batman. I fucking love it. All day. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, more shit about the villains would be great. That's why I probably like you love the Vader comic, man. Which I'm gradually working my way through. It's Where are you awesome. at now? Uh, issue four, I think. So he's like hunting down the Jedi now? Ooh. Wouldn't you like to know? I don't want okay. to talk about it until I've read the entire thing. Okay, I'm actually get, not even you, through the whole thing. Oh, yet. Okay, I thought you, I thought you finished the entire thing last time. The, the first two collections, which is the first twelve ah. comics, but there's I think seventeen out right now. Yeah, I want to get fully up to speed on that on that before we go into it again. So I know, yeah. Oh yes. Uh, last thing that we have, I think, is the official announcement. Cast release and announcement of filming beginning for episode nine. 
which is obviously the next giant thing in the Star Wars universe. So, Star Wars posted this. I'm Somebody pissed. shared a link in the Patreon chat about, I think it was from like one of the fan sites. And I was like, eh, okay. And then StarWars.com actually shared it. And it was pretty much the same print. So, it's official. Star Wars Episode Nine will begin filming at London's Pinewood Studios on August 1st. That is this Wednesday. J.J. Uh, Abrams returns to direct the final installment. Co-wrote the screenplay with Chris Torrio. I'm going to look him up really quick. Because I think when they announced this, that they said he was a writer on Batman versus Superman, which is notably hated in the nerd realm, but I actually fucking love that movie. Yeah, writer on uh, Batman versus Superman. I'm, I'm happy with that. I think that's a really interesting um, contrast with JJ. So I think that screenplay is, itself is going to be great. I watch Batman vs. Superman more often than you fucking think. I love it. Oh, yeah. And actually... Everyone's pissed. Just to top that off with a shit sandwich, <laughs> I uh, HBO Go, I watched Justice League. I can't watch it. It's I bad. can't fucking watch it. It's, it's not that it's... I knew it. It's not... I knew it. It's not that it's not entertaining because it's like fun. And the best part they did was uh, they killed it with the Flash. Whoever the kid who plays the Flash, yeah. I fucking love. Yeah. And he's young, obviously uh, not sure of his powers and how he can help. So it's cool to see him adapting. Wonder Woman's obviously great, but like the whole Batman and then the Superman mustache debacle. And it's it's almost like, and even if it's canon that these cube things. It just reminded me of uh, Transformers. Like yeah. they, uh, there's everything comes back to a goddamn power cube. Yeah. And yeah. now there's three of them, and that's the mother of the fucking villain. Like I don't. Why? Yeah, why it's unfortunate I... because casting wise, I feel like DC has nailed things. Yeah. Like Batman's yeah. great, Wonder Woman's great, Aquaman's great, even Superman. I hate oh, Superman, perfect. but he's a great fucking Superman. Perfect. Like I they agree. nailed all that stuff, but I, I just whenever you have the, it's really hard to save a movie once it gets fucking. Twisted in half. Once you remove Zack Snyder and like bring in what's his face to to do reshoots and fix it, like that's really hard to do. People, the Star Wars fans need to realize like how lucky we are that we have Solo and it's such a great movie. Like how how that was on the verge of being terrible. And the fact that Kathleen Kennedy, I know everyone hates that fucking lady's name. The fact that she came in, doubled the budget, almost took a loss on the movie to make sure it was a good fucking movie for the Star Wars like franchise. You have to appreciate that. Well, from a business standpoint, if she didn't, it would have been a whole total loss. It would have been, yeah, it been, it would have been a loss of the budget. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But anyways, the fact that they like took a barrel, barely made a profit as opposed to, you know, Force Awakens, the biggest movie of all time. Um, anyways, just appreciate things. Let's move back to the episode nine thing here. So uh, returning cast members include, this is the part that interested me. Everybody that you would expect, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, etc., John Boyega, and uh, will be joined by veteran actors star uh, Mark Hamill, Anthony yeah. Daniels, and Billy D. Williams. It was interesting to me that they put Mark Hamill's name in the opening paragraph. Well, so I'm assuming there's got to be flashbacks. There's going to be a large flashback, and or we're just going to go balls deep with Force Ghost Luke. Force Ghost, yeah, hundred percent. You really think imagine, he's going to be like with Ray? I hope so. Huh. If, they, if we don't have a fucking Force Ghost in the sequel trilogy, <laughs> I'll be pissed. 
I'm all right without it, honestly. I just think it. It's well, like, we already see a saw force ghost Yoda. Well, true. Sorry. From a from a filmmaking standpoint, it would be perfect to have a force ghost training somebody new. And I don't like the fact that Luke wasn't in seven at all and went out in eight. So I should rephrase that. I don't hate the fact that he went out in eight, but we need to see something with him in nine to kind of close things off. Well, he started, he's, he's a huge arc. Yeah. So him, I don't care if people dislike how he went out and how he cut himself off the full from the forest. And he wasn't the happy go lucky jackass that we knew from the original trilogy. Yeah. I totally love that. It's a brand new Luke. He's older. Yeah. He he fucked up. A lot of people died because of him. Yeah. Kylo Ren is out there murdering people because Luke guessed wrong. Right. At, at, during a fucking wet dream. But uh, I think they need to play out his conflicts with the Jedi Order. I think they need to play that out in a way that he is warning Daisy Ridley or warning Ray about his failures. Yeah. Just, just like uh, Yoda explains to him, Master Yoda or Master Skywalker, always learning, blah, blah, blah. Like you, we want to teach all the good stuff and everything we've done well, but failures as well. Failure is the most important teacher of all. He needs to start doing that with yeah. Ray in yeah. the next episode. Yeah. A thousand percent. Um, I I do have, you know, wet dreams of a giant force ghost reunion council thing. I think that's a little too outrageous to be expected, but knowing that Mark Hamill is actually announced on StarWars.com as being cast for episode nine, I hope that it is him as a force ghost and not more flashbacks. I think the flashbacks worked in eight. And I think Weiss mentioned this when he was on the show is that that was a very storytelling thing that Ryan did in episode eight. I don't think that should become a theme. I don't think that flashbacks should become a regular occurrence in Star Wars. So him as a force ghost is, that's my hope. What if they go really fucking ballsy and do a hard flashback? And what I mean by that is they spend like a half hour in a flashback. Ooh, they go yes. back and we really start seeing what actually happened with the downfall of Luke's Jedi Order. Yeah, I don't know. Because that could explain a fuck ton and make seven and eight even more epic. It's hard like to tell. If, if you had told me that before episode eight came out that there would be a flashback, I probably would have said, no flashbacks in Star Wars, please. Thank you. But the way it was shot and the way it was made with that, I can't remember the name of the original director, but that whole sequence where there's one guy's story and then the other guy's story and then the true story. Like, I thought that was beautifully made. I never would have thought that ahead of time. So for me to say that I don't want any sort of flashback sequence in nine, I don't as know. They could, they, they could really they do, do it, it well, right. Yeah, they could really I, do it well. I really, I I'm, I'm not one way or the other. I'm not saying they have to. I'm not saying they don't have to. I'm just saying if you do, don't fuck around. Yeah, don't 100%. Don't CG out, I, out someone's nose. No, they wouldn't do that. Um, other obvious updates. John Williams is back for episode nine. And I think we learned, it doesn't say it here, but I think we learned in an article a while back that this will be his last movie. So anything from episode nine forward will be scored by somebody else. And I've been very happy with the scores for Solo and for Rogue One. Um, I recently watched Rogue One again and I posted something about how Tarkin 
his CGI recreation was absolutely gorgeous. Anybody that thinks that looked bad, I don't understand what the fuck you're thinking when you watch it. Um, but I was, as I was watching it, I was just noticing how great the score was. So very happy with how that turned out. I'm, I'm excited to have a different tone with the music. And then the big news here that everybody was kind of freaking out over. Uh, so the role of Leigh Organa will once again be played by Carrie Fisher using previously unreleased footage shot for The Force Awakens. And then Abrams says a, a quote, we desperately loved Carrie Fisher, finding a satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga without her eluded us. We were never going to recast or use a CG character. Um, thoughts? Uh, that's the only way to do it. I agree. Either not have her in that at all, or obviously use something where she was she was in the making of the scenes. So I just hope they can splice it in. They I just edit it right. I mean, they wouldn't put her in if they couldn't make it work. So yeah, I, I'm I'm confident. Like I feel like a lot of the gripes with the Star Wars sequel trilogy just have to do with what you want the story to do. From a filmmaking standpoint, I don't really think they've aired in big ways. They're not going to make it bad. They're not going to like obviously make it look terrible. I think they'll do it tastefully. Um, so I'm I'm just curious. I'm happy that they announced it. I'm happy that they're, you know, they stuck with their message that we're not going to recast or use a CG character or completely leave her out of the movie. They're going to try to give her like a a satisfying conclusion. So I'm they pleased. need to do they need to do something. Episode nine, it, you got. Goddamn year and a half. A lot of pressure. Figure it out. I there think, is a uh, lot of pressure because of the pressure that the Star Wars fans have been putting. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, there is a lot of pressure out there all of a sudden. And if it's not the greatest movie of all time, people flip their lid. So just, I think it's huge. Yeah. This really could button up the one of the, this could, no joke, make the sequel trilogy the best trilogy of all. I wholeheartedly I, believe that. I think that's possible. Yeah. yeah. The way I you mean, end it could be fucking epic. I would say for a little bit that uh, episode seven was the most pressure of all time bringing Star Wars back. But I think with the, the lashback of the lashback, what the fuck? Backlash of episode eight, that now J.J. Abrams really has like the biggest task of any Star Wars movie is wrapping a things up with episode back. nine. A lashback. Lash that's sure what's going to happen. Like midway through episode nine, it's gonna you're going to go into a lashback. And it's just going to be a a picket or a fucking riot of uh, Star Wars fans. J.J. Abrams sucks. I Why hate is, it. Stop it. Goddamn, I'm pissed. <sighs> so I'll yeah, lash back. that's the news, man. I, I've as usual when they announce like a new character or new actor. Until we see it, I don't really know. I'm not gonna, you know, get up in arms about them using Carrie Fisher's footage or you know ruining it or anything. We really won't know until we see it on screen. So. You want to um, put money down on uh, if ha or if uh, Lando lives or not? Uh, <laughs> I don't Dude. really care. People get pissed. I've said this before. Like those dudes are fucking 70, 80 years old. I don't if he dies, I don't care. Well, Everyone's I like, know, oh, they're killing I'm, I'm off just all saying, our favorite characters. I was like, they're fucking 80. They're not saving the world anymore. Oh, I know. No, and I'm not saying it from that. I'm just saying. It's like an obvious that they're bringing him on screen just to no, kill him just off. Just to get rid of him. Eh. But what are the odds that they don't? That he just like flies away happily on the fucking Falcon again. I say they don't. <laughs> I say they kill the Falcon. I hope they, they really... We've we, been waiting for I that. I need a yeah. fucking ballsy movie. I want someone big to die. Like C-3PO. As long as it's not Chewie. R2, C-3PO, R2, yes. they can and... They can burn in hell. Just not <laughs> Chewie. Let Chewie survive everything. 
I would be okay with that. Thoughts. Like Ray and Chewie need to survive. Those are the well, only two. And Finn and Poe. No, fuck them. <laughs> All right. I'm not. I'm, okay I'm not that. kidding. I, I'm I on need, board. I need some brutality in my fucking Star Wars movie. We need stakes. It's called Star Wars, and no one's sacrifices. dying. I agree. I'm cool. We get one character a goddamn episode to die. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Well, that's it, man. That's the that's the biggest news. Those uh, those prequel novels, like man. Imagine if they actually did kill off Chewie. I would. That be, would. I would be crying. I would weeks. be too. But think about how epic that would be. That would be. That would be probably one of the most epic Star Wars films. I don't want to think about that. I'm getting kind of. <laughs> Dude, I would be more upset about Chewie dying than Han easily. Yeah, isn't that funny how that happens? Because Chewie's huh. innocent. He's he's like an innocent character. He's a co-pilot. He's been... He was uh, a slave. Loyal, he got rescued. Loyal to Han. Yeah, he's trying to he's, do the, the right thing this whole time. Like, he can't even eat a porg in front of a pork. I can eat ham in front of a pig all fucking day. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Poor Chewie. <laughs> yeah, if Chewie please. dies, we riot. Yeah. I'm, I'm what, with that. What if, holy shit. No, but I'm thinking, dude... They're going to pull some shit from Legends, and I'm calling it right now. Chewie is going to die because he's going to be sacrificing himself to save Rey. Mm. Kylo's going to kill Chewie or something crazy no. like that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't even want to think about it. I'm holding on to the wall just in case. I was just going to say you're bracing yourself for this fucking the ghost, theory, this the, fan theory right now. The ghosts from Lore Past are coming out of my <laughs> giblets right here. As long so, as it's uh, not a tractor beam moon, moon falling into him, I think I'll be okay with it. <laughs> I know. Terrible. 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 Uh, I wouldn't backlash. I think if they, if they killed off Chewie in the right way, in an epic way, that yes. could easily make one of the best Star Wars films ever. Yes, of course. Yeah. I it would be I would be very sad, but of course, if it was done right, it would just be part of the story. Yeah. He was crushed by a moon. Terrible. Yeah. It was like a collapse. Um, the moon was being sucked in. The gravity of uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Terrible. I disapprove. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. I think we're, we're wrapping up episode one fifty three. Thank yes. you guys for tuning in. Our beer review was disgusting because we didn't have any, and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> Guaranteed. I do want to give a shout out to every single one of the patrons. Well, uh, every single of the motherfuckers that are live with us today. Yeah, we appreciate uh, you guys. This was easily the busiest episode live that we've ever had. People yeah. yelling and yelling and yelling. And 100%. I love it. Make sure you mark that shit on your calendars, guys. 8 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. Fuck around. Yes. And if you are just listening to us, uh, we definitely recommend going over to YouTube. And just subscribing. You'll get a notification when we go live. Yep. So we, you can catch us on Sunday evenings. Uh, and if you want to chat along with us or yell at us or whatever. Also, epic it. epic shout out to uh, Steve Kirk for getting me the Cad Bane Funko Pop from SDCC. Man, this thing is tight. Travis Dunn says 8 p.m.-ish. 8 p.m.-ish. Yeah, that's about right. Come ah, on, man. God. Nothing good ever starts on time. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm crying from laughter already. We haven't even gotten through the intro yet. (laughs) I love that. I love it.
Wait.